Welcome back to Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on Black gay men's health and wellness. Thank you so much for joining us again. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. Twitter, we're at Building Desire. Instagram and Facebook, we're at The Counter Narrative. Like, subscribe, follow. As always, tell a friend to tell a friend. This week, we're continuing our COVID-19 series with what are we willing to give up for our personal freedom and our privacy to make sure that we end coronavirus. So back again this week, we've got Dennis joining us, as always, my wonderful co-host. I'm here this week. And actually, Dennis, you were the one that brought um, one of the articles to the show as far as with CNN and Kentucky of what they're doing. Did you want to explain a little bit about what the article's about? Uh, yeah. So what the CNN article really laid out was, um, in, in particular in Kentucky, is the, the, the usage of, of home surveillance technology to, for people who don't uh, abide by quarantine um, mandates. So ankle bracelets, you know, if, if, if you're told to stay inside because you tested, uh, it, we know that you have been exposed to COVID-19 and then you refuse to stay inside your house, you know, then it becomes, you know, a, a, a police activity where, you know, they've started to track your every movements to force you to stay inside. Um, and that's just one, that's just one piece of like a larger pu puzzle that we, we've seen the expansion of, of criminalization, mm -hmm. um, to combat, to combat the virus. Uh, but in, in my opinion, none, none of these things are new. These, te these surveillance technologies aren't, aren't, aren't new. We've, we've seen, we've seen, we've long been seeing for years now, the move away from, um, incarceration inside buildings to, to home surveillance technologies. So more people, or it's particularly when we're here in Georgia, um, more people un, under these uh, carceral effects um, at home, outside of being in, inside prison. So we've seen that being deployed for public health reason. Um, and I, on another level, we've, we've seen the expansion of uh, these, bi these biological surveillance technologies, which aren't new either. We've seen that uh, there's a long history of, of biological surveillance for people living with HIV. And now we've seen it being deployed for uh, another pandemic. Uh, so yeah, just it's just tracking that and being aware. Right. And one of the things that when you uh, brought this to it that I was thinking about, kind of the question that we're posing this week is, what are we willing to give up, you know, in our personal privacy and our freedoms to help end you know, COVID-19. And especially in this article, as you said, it points out with Kentucky, they're doing ankle monitoring. And specifically in that story, um, they had um, another uh, Kentucky resident basically that uh, tested positive for COVID-19, but he was actually out shopping. And so one of the ways that they criminalized him was pretty much they arrested him and put the GPS tracker on his foot um, to make sure, you know, he wasn't able to leave the house to abide by the lockdown which got me thinking kind of in other places in the world that have lower cases and lower deaths than America, like what are they doing? And especially um, in European countries, one of the things that they're doing is pretty much geo tracking, like you said, where they're anonymously in some places and um, other places willingly, you can just put an app on your phone that tracks your location, pretty much geo fences you in where you are. So let's say if I test positive for COVID-19, they can track my phone to see where was I? Who who did I come in contact with? 
uh, all of these things to kind of alert those people who might have been uh, infected uh, or uh, contracted COVID-19, so to speak. And in some areas, it's actually been working. You know, so like you say, I've, I think when it comes to other areas and other uh, public health aspects like HIV, this definitely can open the door um, of some of the surveillance and techniques that they are, are doing already, which to me is a little... It's a little scary, honestly. I think it's a little scary because if they, if the government itself is, of course, tracking your locations and your phone, and they have access to all of this information and data, what else would they be willing to do? You know, how else would they use this information in the name of safety, of help, of keeping the public, you know, safe and free of these things? And so, I, to me, I just feel like especially when it comes to black bodies, like this is going to affect us so much more um, as we've been seeing in data already with black people dying more and being faced with these cases. I, to me, I don't know. I can't give a definitive answer right now if I'm willing to give up my, or provide access to the government to my phone just to track where I might have been when I'm already at home. Like I'm already literally at home and just doing what's essential and what's needed. Yeah, no, I think, it's, I think that's a great point. I, one thing COVID-19 has really done is uh, it's really shown how, like, our ideological structures um, impact the way in which we live our daily lives. So, you know, in, in, our Western, in our Western ideologies, the liberal subject is everything. So, you know, you're supposed to have, you know, a government that's supposed to interfere in any aspect of your life. Um, but what happens when you have these type of public... Uh, public emergencies and what happens when when we have to recognize that public health and criminal justice have have since the very beginning been interlocking things where mm -hmm. uh, you know who who gets to be who gets to have like these ideas of health what does health mean and um, and how how do we how do we then use utilize these uh, these public health you know uh, mechanisms to criminalize people who we don't deem as like living up to uh, these things. Um, so, you know, then we get to the question of like, what, what are we willing to give up? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, uh, right. I know that whatever, I, I know that whatever, whatever we're sacrificing now isn't likely to then be uh, rolled back um, later on. And I don't, I don't know what we do with that. I don't know how we care for people now. Um, mm -hmm. Without recognizing, you know, we have, but we have mm -hmm. to think about things now. Now we have to think about things. Now we have to think, right. about, we have to think about capitalism. We have to think about, um, we have to think about the role of the state. We have to think about what what all these things mean when we're in the middle of a pandemic. When when Trump is making states compete for for things. When when it comes down to, um, we want the when when people talk about like opening up the economy. Uh, you know, and they're willing to die for it, then they're not going to die. They're willing to let other people die. Um, <laughs> oh. And so what, what do what do all these uh, things mean? And so, and so criminal justice, uh, criminal justice and the public health step in to, like, create a population that can be sacrificed. Um, mm -hmm. I think we really see that happening here. So I don't want to sacrifice any Black people. I know that. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, like, metadata... Um, and thing and, and things like that. I like I don't know because <laughs> I'm ready to go back outside. I'm ready for ice outside to be open. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am too. But 
So let's take, for example, my wonderful hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, who is now opening the beaches. And of course, from the, the photos and the surveillance and everything that we see out there, of course, people are ready to get out the house. So they're going to the beach and they're flocking on the beaches. And let's say hypothetically, if there was a tracking system, because now we know hundreds of people are at the beach that may be exposing themselves to COVID-19, um, we can track how many people were at the beach, where did they go when they left the beach, what respective communities that they went back to that they may be affecting. So it's kind of why I battle the giving up the privacy, because in a situation, like you say, where in some states, specifically my home, my home state of Florida, Right now, it is a big tourism state, and they're looking to stimulate the economy, and the beach does bring a lot of business and tourism to it. But are we sacrificing people's public health, um, and are we sacrificing the safety of people? And with the little app on the phone, they can track all of that. Maybe that would make people feel comfortable. And, and those are questions just that I have. But as far as, yes, when it does come to Black bodies, one of the things um, another thing specifically that I saw in the Kentucky article was that they ha now have an online complaint system, you know, where, let you know, let's say my neighbor has a party that has more than, you know, 10 people that they're saying that shouldn't gather, that I can call um, or report anonymously online or any of these kind of things to say, hey, there's 15 people next door and that will call law enforcement. So we've already seen things like that as far as with black bodies and police and those activities and to me that to me that that aspect of it as well is a little bit it's just it's scary because we already kind of know black people and the relationship that we have with the police and it is a question like you say about public health and intertwining with criminal justice and as far as stimulating the economy and all of these things that we've got going on one of the things that I did like um, as far as with some other countries that they're doing is before people can um, enter the airport and board a plane is that they do uh, thermal scanning pretty much to see if you have a fever or anything like that because some people you know may may still need to see families they may need to do essential traveling we've got flight attendants all of those things that are out there that are doing the work and continuing to do the work of getting people to where they need to go and healthcare workers and all of those things but if we if we open Pandora's box we can't we can't roll it back you know we really I think this is just going to open the door for them to to add more stuff to our phone, to track us more, to keep us essentially on lockdown in our own homes and police us, you know, even in different ways. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I know I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, and I, I don't I, I don't want any I don't I don't want anybody have to have to get on the plane to, to have to be to have to be a. Uh, tested and treated, uh, you know, earlier I said um, these type of biological surveillance apparatuses. Um, and then, I, so when I think about these type of like testing for people to go outside, I, I can't help but think about like HIV criminalization, mm -hmm. who, 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 then's become, who then becomes like a biological threat that's going to be black people. Um, when we're talking about, when we're, when we're talking about a, a virus that can be spread, you know, when you're like intimate contact um, with other people, you're talking about sex workers. So as we as we talk about opening up the economies, we're talking about the surveillance of of certain people. You know, uh, I know later on you have a, a show coming up about larger people, so larger people who are already seen to be, um, uh, you know, quote unquote unhealthy um, and all that bullshit. And 
you know, and and so you're gonna have you're gonna have these marginalized uh, these marginalized communities that that then have to um, that then have to demonstrate that that they're that they're unquote they're safe to the general population, and I don't mm. I don't want to do that. And you know, there's been conversations like in regards to like Italy, you know, who has the right antibodies to to as they you know, want people to start going back to work, want people to start, you know, going back to living their life. Um, mm-hmm. That, 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 you know, when we talk about surveillance capitalism, when we talk about all the things, that, that's mm-hmm. a, that is, that is always mechanisms that work, like, to, like, the 10th degree, and I, I think it would become, uh, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we criticize, like, China or, you know, South Korea or Singapore, but we can very easily, you know, surpass that um, with with our social control uh, mechanisms that that I think are uh, aren't new, but are definitely expanding during this uh, pandemic. So I want to I don't want to interrupt you, but I just have a question as far as with um, testing and the antibodies. So are they taking blood to make sure you know you're safe, or or how are they? Last time I checked, it was just a conversation. You know, they, you know they felt like they had uh, uh, peaked. And that things and that uh, things are under you know starting to fall, uh, starting to fall, death rates are starting to fall, and so uh, as you start to wrestle with you know how to open up, open up the economy, because um, you know nothing more important than the economy, um, it was like well who gets to go back to work so we don't have another spike and things like that. Uh, so I don't I don't think there's been any like plan developed. But how else would you how else would you ensure that you don't have a uh, another wave of in, of of people being exposed to COVID nineteen. Um, you know, like China has has prepared for a second wave. They're like, you know, okay, you know, where we just think we don't think this is ever really going to go away. We, we're prepared. We're prepared for it for, if it comes back. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they so they have that in place. I don't know in the United States where we where we can't handle the, this first wave. How 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 else? W- how we'll be able to deal with a second wave if the economy opens back up, if people, if people are 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 starting to be re-exposed again without having to like forcibly uh, forcibly take people's blood. Um, once again, very similar to what's done with HIV criminalization, especially for sex workers, um, to then to then create these penalties for people um, that are deemed as you know, uh, you know, uh, deteriorating our, our our public health. That's scary. That's just scary as hell to me. Because even even linking that, like you say, to HIV criminalization, if we're and why I ask this question is because if you're taking blood to detect antibodies or anything like that for COVID nineteen, what else? Of course, you know, can your blood tell about you as a person? How are they storing this information? How are they, you know, keeping it HIPAA compliant for us in America? All of those kind of things, and definitely with HIV that's affecting Black gay men at alarming rates if we start taking blood to detect these antibodies and um, HIV and different things like that. Who gets to access this information? Who has control of it? So, no. To, to me, I, I know, no, you, you can't have my information to create a panel or profile um, of blood and things like that as far as with COVID-19. It's, it's, re- it's really something to think about. You know, it's really... I think as technology increases and as more people have smartphones, I think right now we're up to like 5.2 uh, 
uh, million or billion smartphones that people have, and so much data is in our phones. Once we start letting the government in to, to access these things for public safety, I just personally feel like we're giving up a lot, a lot of information. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes what comes from all of this and what we can learn and grow from it. Yeah, and I, I, and, um, and I don't know, because, like, you know, I spent a lot of time in Europe. Uh, and anytime I'm in London, London, London has more cameras than just about any city in the world. I think the only city that has more cameras than London is Hong Kong. And UK is very, uh, the UK, you know, uh, mines your metadata. Um, so that's already intense amount of security, and they already do it. Um, so I don't know what that I don't know what that means for like people in the UK, and then how we think about surveillance here. Um, it's a lot. To, it's a lot to think about. So I, I thank you for joining me again, Dennis. This is a very great topic that I think a lot of people out there really need to think about when it comes to uh, COVID nineteen and coronavirus. So I want to hear from everyone else as well in our comments. Um, let us know how you feel. What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to sacrifice your personal privacy or data for the greater good of America to stimulate the economy, to open up borders, to have us outside, a place that we want to be right now so bad? So uh, su subscribe, comment, like, follow, tell a friend, tell a friend. Have these conversations um, with the people that you're closest to. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Building Desire, Facebook, and Instagram. We're at The Counter Narrative. Uh, but before we get out of here, I just want to say, Dennis, any last thoughts, comments, any things that you want to let the people know? Yeah, don't let shit just happen under your watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, say something. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> stay informed. I think it's, I think it's, use this time wisely to stay informed um, of those. But thank you again for joining us on this episode. As always, be kind to yourself and take care.